the Leopard Spots, Matt's Tuesday Tips. Ah, the spots are back. Time to go see a doctor. No, uh, the spots are back. Matty Leopard, how are you, mate? How was Christmas, New Year, all of that, and the family's all well? Can we tick all them off quickly? G'day, Tobes. Yeah, all good, mate. I uh, got back from England uh, two weeks ago. Um, Christmas and New Year was very cold over there, but very enjoyable. Um, back into the swing of things now. Went to the tennis last week, one of the days. Um, and my oldest, she starts primary school on Thursday, so it's busy, busy times here. Ah, uh, very good, mate. You'll have the standard photo on the first day off to school, no doubt. Most likely, yep. So I'll go in on <laughs> Thursday morning and... Um, all the parents will probably go in and hang around for probably the first half hour or something until they're settled, and, and then we'll see them off, and, and it's the start of uh, the big wide world for Harlow. Yeah, very good, mate. It's a great transition process. Let, now, tell you what, we're going to belt through some tips here because I want to get plenty of thoughts from you about the Hunter Cup as well, and uh, we're going to kick off at Menangle, and uh, the fish and chips out at Keelor aren't too bad. Eh? The flake's pretty good, so you're going with Keelor Baby Shark? <laughs> No. It's a no, strange it is, name. It, yeah, I'm not sure how they've come up with that name, but um, she goes all right, Keelor Baby Shark, but I'm, I'm not with her today. Number five, Mini Mine yet for Cam Hart. Um, she was outstanding last week. Um, this is a mare's up to 60-grade race. Random barrier draw. She's a sit sprinter, so I certainly wouldn't expect her to just spear straight to the front, but in a, a possibly slightly stronger race last week where they went 152 home in 55-3, she came from well back and flashed home to be beaten a metre. Um, the key here for Cam early is going to be just making sure she gets running line cover. Um, as long as she can settle one out one back or one out two back, I, I think if she replicates last week's performance, she'll win. But the last thing he wants is to be caught in the breeze. Um, she's got very good speed, but she's quite weak and therefore she needs to follow a helmet. The leader looks our Princess Kennedy. She zipped across and led from wide draw last week and probably will do so again. Key little baby shark may also go forward. So I'm not sure exactly who the breeze horse is, but I'm just hoping that it's not mini mine yet. And as long as Cam can, can just float out and get some cover in that running line, then I think he might be too good. So that's race four, number five, mini mine yet. Race six I've got written down. Next dollar 20 favourite and... There's seven other horses in the race that are range from $2 out to $2.90 the place. So what are your thoughts here? Yeah, really good place bet here. Number one, Bentley mm. Bullet. Um, I'm stunned that there's black figures available. Um, I knocked it off everywhere this morning and averaged uh, about 220 to 230 uh, If you shop around, there is still actually 240 out there with one company, but most of them are sort of around the, the $2, 210 Um Alberto for Team McCarthy, Jack Culligan driving. It's a dollar twenty pop here, and it'll just work to the front and win for fun. It's just a class above them. It trolled really, really well um, last week at, at Menangle on the Wednesday, so it'll lead. And therefore, Bentley Bullet, he he does have gate speed, and he led and stopped last time at Goulburn, but he's not a leader and he's not a breeze horse. He needs to follow a helmet, and he's going to get the perfect helmet to follow here in the dollar twenty favourite Alberto. So if Sean Grayling can just run the gate a little bit. Uh, and make sure that he holds out numbers two and three and then just takes a sit on, on Jack Cal and, and out, end up leaders back. It's hard to see how Bentley misses a place. And I, I thought the right place price was around $1.60. Um, so if you're getting black figures, I just think it's bet, bet, bet. And those black figures are still available out there. So that's race six, number one, Bentley Bullet, the place. Very good. And race seven? 
Yeah, so out of that Alberto trial, yeah. the horse that ran second in that trial last week was number five, Bravo Stride. Now, in that trial, they went 152.7, home in 28.2 and 26.6, which is a 54.8 last half. And they, these two horses singled out from the rest up the straight and, and looked really impressive. They both trialled really well. Um, Alberto led, Brave Stride, Bravo Stride sat on its back and, and got within a metre late. I think Bravo Stride does go pretty good leading as well, though. So I think they might be able to push the button at the start here. And um, I think it's mine on the line, the former Victorian. Now with Seton Grimer, it probably finds the fr- finds the pegs. And then if it takes a sit on Bravo Stride, I think Bravo can go around the 152 mark in front and, and looks a really good bet here. Um, classic mix-ups, the favourite drawn out wide. It led last week and and won beating its mine on the line. But I'm not sure if he can get across Bravo Stride here. So... Yeah, if Will Rickson drives a, a good race early, he might get him into the right position here. And that's race seven, number five, Bravo Stride. Very good. Albion Park, you've got a couple race six you're kicking off. Uh, the favourite is the pole four-star Lincoln. Yeah, that's the one I'm with here. Uh, it's a former uh, a Newcastle horse. Uh, been racing around that Hunter region. It's always showed ability, got gate speed. Um, I think this is a pretty big trainer upgrade. Um, Christina Monty is an informed trainer who gets them going very well. And when they get ones from down south, from Sydney, um, they generally improve them quite a bit. And the, uh, the last one we've seen is Jim RT, who was always a very smart horse in New South Wales, running around at Menangle in metro races, but he's flying up there now for Christina Monty. And it wouldn't surprise me if four-star Lincoln led all the way here. Alana Richardson takes the takes the claim, so she gets into barrier one here. Gate speed goes okay in front. I think it's capable of running around the 154 mark. Um, the, the horse hasn't trialled for Monty, but uh, as long as it can hold the front from number two Empress Byline early, uh, then it becomes very hard to beat. In, place, in front is the best place to be around Albion Park over the mile, so that's race six, number one, four-star Lincoln. Do you reckon she rides them in track work? Uh, Monty? I don't know. Is this a, oh, I was going to say, is this a joke? I didn't get it. But, um, Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah, t- I'm, a bit, I'm a bit slow. I'll tell you who is going well training up there, Riley, but he seems like every horse he has go around wins or runs second to a stable, mate. Yeah, so they used to train under Tim Butt's name up there, but my understanding is uh, Riley's been doing a fair chunk of the work for a while now, and, and now he's training actually in his own name. Yeah. Um, they do get quite a lot of well-bred and uh, expensive sort of horses to work with, so it's no surprise that they that Riley is getting a bit of success. Yeah. Uh, race 9, Albion Park. You got a second one for us? Yeah, same stable. Um, Christina Monty again, number one, Bronski Zulu. Um, Nathan Dawson takes the drive here. Oh, sorry, it's Charlie Sini, but that's the, essentially the same stable as Christina Monty. Oh, okay. Um, he, so she yeah, rides them yeah, and yeah. he drives them in track work. That might be the difference. Yeah, that, they train together. So it's the same stable. Um, yeah. So, and that's why uh, it'll wear the same colours as, as the, the horse earlier. Um, this horse has gate speed. This is a big class rise for it. It's an up to 70 race. Uh, its last run was an up to 65, but it's got gate speed, looks the leader. Um, I think if it can keep the main dangers to its outside, it's very hard to beat. Uh, I, I, I probably wouldn't have backed it if number one Madrigal was not scratched because I think Madrigal would have been a big danger coming off its back from leader's back. Hmm. But now with number one being scratched, I don't think number eight, uh, much better, is good enough to 
to sit leaders back behind Bronski Zulu and run it down. So therefore, Bronski Zulu became a bet for me after the scratching. Um, the class horse, I think, is Apollo Dreams. He's a now four-year-old. He was a pretty classy three-year-old last season, but he's first up for uh, about six weeks, drawn the outside gate and no trials. So I'm not sure how aggressive they'll be early um, and how rock hard he'll be to breeze if they need to breeze on him. So um, I'm just hoping Bronski Zulu can get away with it a bit early and I think he might be able to get away with it here. I think if he can go sort of high 153s, that might be enough. So that's race nine, number two, Bronski Zulu. And one at Gloucester Park in race number six. Yeah, so there's a big scratching here. Number five, Good Fellas, who was a bit ordinary on Friday night in a metro race at Gloucester Park. So he's come out. He won't be backing up on the four-day backup. Um, and therefore, this looks somewhat of a gift for number one, Rock and Rufus, uh, for Nathan Turvey and Gary Hall Jr., Former very smart three-year-old from the Turvey stable. Now it's a six-year-old. It's actually been sparingly raced the last couple of years. It had 12 months off from January 23 to January 24. Mm. It's had two starts back in stronger races than this. Uh, the first up was over the one-lap race at Pinjarra, uh, and it sat back and ran home well. And then second up in, a, in quite a strong race last week at Pinjarra over the middle trip. It ran on well into fourth. There looks to be minimal gate speed to its outside here, so I think it may be able to run the gate, hold the front, and from there, there's no better man leading around Gloucester Park than Gary Hall Jr. He can lead and dictate and hopefully get away with it. So that's race six. Number one, Rock and Rufus looks the best on the card there at GP. Race six, number one, Rock and Rufus. There's some tips for Matty for today. What we'll do, we'll have a break. Matty will come back, and I'm pretty keen to chat the Hunter Cup with you. Oh, welcome back to Trot's Life. I am with the big cat who's back and the Hunter Cup field is out. The market is out. And Maddie, what are your initial thoughts here? Um, Catchaways has the speed to hold the front for as long as he wants to early. Yeah. Um, but he won't be wanting to hold the front forever. I can guarantee you that. If he, if he holds the front, catch a wave, he won't run a pace. Um, the horse can't run 2,700 in front, copying the pressure in this type of grade, and I've got no doubt that their intentions and tactics will be to hold the front from Typo and Curly James, wait for Leap to Fame and hope that they can out-sprint him over a quick 200-metre sprint. So, um, I think the dollar thirty-five Leap to Fame is too short at the moment. I think It'll drift, and, and on Betfair on the night, it probably gets out to around the dollar fifty-five mark. Um, but the question, in my opinion, all comes down to whether Catch a Wave has a quick enough two hundred in him at the end of twenty-seven hundred when Leap the Fame's getting home in twenty-six point something. Do Do you think though a five-year-old horse is generally more seasoned and tougher than what a four-year-old is, and less vulnerable in general? And then I think that applies to Catch a Wave. Um, no, he's no. got no bottom to he's got no bottom to him over a long trip unless he needs cover. Uh, it's that simple. And um, as I said, if he leads, uh, I'd be stunned if he ran a place. Yeah, I I understand where you're going with that, and I sort of said that earlier actually that he's not a guarantee the place. He's he's probably a better win bet, is he, than a place bet? Or you think he just hands up and then he's a great place bet at a dollar sixty? Um, well, it possibly depends how much he has to do early. If if, if a couple of these other ones have a real look at him 
and um, and take the sting out of him, and then let the fame find to the front and really keeps rolling big time like he did in the in the Inter Dominion final, then catch a wave still no place certainty from leaders back. Um, to me, the horse is and always has been a gun miler, um, or even a gun twelve hundred meter horse as we saw in the Mercury eighty last year. Hmm. But as soon as he gets up to that middle trip, he's not quite as lethal. Um, there's been times when he's even led over the middle trip and hasn't gone as well as he has over the shorter course. So this 2,700 is um, far from ideal in terms of a distance. Um, if this was a, over a mile, he would lead and he'd probably just about be favourite. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. but over the longer trip, it, it's a totally different ball game and he's never given any indication to me that he can run a trip, particularly if burnt early and particularly if he does not have a helmet to follow. Don't stop dreaming, Mark Purden. <laughs> How do you rate him? Or... Serious horse. Serious, I agree, yeah. Um, he's the, the early favourite for the Chariots of Fire, which means he's he's rated by the price assessors to be better than any of the Australian four-year-olds. And on what we saw on the weekend where he, he came out of the 1-1 and nearly beat better Eclipse, I think that's a fair indication. I don't know if there's any four-year-olds in the current four-year-old crop that could have come out of the 1-1 and and nearly beaten Better Eclipse after Better Eclipse was getting the gun run leaders back. Um, one thing we see with Leap to Fame races, um, when Leap to Fame is put on the front end, no horses seem to make ground. It becomes a very leader-dominated race and a very peg-dominated race generally whenever we see Leap to Fame in front. Um, so if Leap to Fame leads, it'll be interesting to see whether Dixon wants to run and run and run like he did over the staying trip in the Inter Dominion. Hmm. or whether he's happy just to to run the race like he has in those two free for alls up there the past two weeks where he just dawdles around and, and gets home in 26 and, and Can't be beaten. just does it comfortably. Um, because if he runs hard, the horses in the running line could be in strife down the back and therefore a horse like Don't Stop Dreaming, who may be sitting pretty in the running line, one out, two back, one out, three back, he's going to have to be exposed three wide, no cover quite early to, to get out chasing out after those leaders. Um, he's obviously a very fast horse. We saw that on the weekend. They got him in 26-something, and he's come out of the 1-1 and, and pulled ground off the off the 26 quarter. But one thing we generally see with four-year-olds, they can often match these older horses for speed, but they can't necessarily match them for strength. And therefore, over this staying trip, I think from that draw, if Leap to Fame was to lead, then Don't Stop Dreaming would need a hell of a lot to go right to be able to get into, well, even the placings, really. Um but in saying that, pound for pound, um, you know, he might be the second best horse. Well, I had Dennis Dunford, the owner, on, uh, which was just after Ian Dobson had, had passed away. This was like, oh, geez, about May last year, I reckon. And he told me the one race that he'd love to win was the Chariots of Fire with Don't Stop Dreaming, over and above even a Miracle Mile or a Hunter Cup or an Inter Dominion. So I'd imagine uh, the Chariots is higher on the pecking order than the Hunter Cup with Don't Stop Dreaming. So I don't think Mark's going to cruise around to the chair and put Catch a Wave to the sword and try and show that Don't Stop Dreaming's the horse in this race. Now, now you, if sorry, you, sorry, just, just, yeah, on, okay. just on that. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how aggressive Mark Purden is early from three on the back row. So he follows out Curly James, who is a high gate speed horse. Yeah. Does he try and push through and get under leap to fame early? Oh yeah. With the intention of 
trying to find the front because he's oh, wow. possibly one one horse or maybe the only one horse who may not want to hand up to him. So um, it's hard to know what Mark's thinking in this type of situation. Even in the media, if he gets interviewed during the week, he's the sort of guy that won't give much away in regards yeah. to that sort of thing. But yeah. I think I think Dixon probably needs to come out as hard as he can, um, like he did in the Inter-Dominion, just to make sure that no one can, can do that sort of thing underneath him. Because I think everything inside him would hand up, even if somehow Catch a Wave wasn't the one that was in front when Leap to Fame got there. I think whether oh, it's yeah. Typo, Curly Jones or See Your Art, they, all, they would all hand up to, to Dixon. Um, the question mark is don't stop dreaming. So it, it, I'm just not sure how aggressive Mark might get in terms of pushing through early or whether he doesn't want to gut the horse because if he tries that and it doesn't work out, he's probably stuck in the breeze and in, in a gut-busting 2,700-metre race and, and that could stuff the horse for the chariot. If you owned Spirit of St. Louis and you were giving the driving instructions, would you say get to the pegs on the back of Max Delight and get that pegs run, or would you say follow through catch a wave at the start of the race? No, nah, pegs every day of the week. Yeah. Definitely pegs. Um, because the most likely scenario if you go pegs is that Jack Cal on Louis would be four pegs. Which in this type of race uh, is a pretty good place to be because, as I said, when Leap to Fame's leading in, in most races where he leads and runs along, it becomes a, a very peg-dominated race. And therefore, I, I would actually think Louis going good enough from four pegs to maybe even get past Max Delight into a placing. Yep. Um, Max Delight, he's obviously been racing well. He's rejuvenated. But you look at his form lines, his last four runs, um, start of December, he won the Young Cup. Um, there's no like that's you know that's not great form line for this sort of race. Although he did beat Typo, but I think Typo is a little bit outclassed here as well. And then he came down to Melbourne and, and won a free for all. But then if you look at that free for all that he won um, coming from back of the field over the short course, there's only one other horse from that that's in this race, and that's Beyond Delight. And then the Bendigo Cup, he got gifted the front, and all he did was sprint for 400. So whilst he is in winning and, and then after that obviously the, the the mishap in the Shepparton Cup where he's pulled out of the race so whilst he does have a few ones next to his name he would still need to step up quite a lot to feature here but he will get the gun three pegs trip but from four pegs I wouldn't be surprised if St Louis went past him yeah uh, very good thoughts mate uh and we've got 30 seconds so did you want to comment on the great southern star or yeah, um, it's an interesting heat, that one with Just Believe. Isn't it? Because we've seen that RC Phoenix, you know, he went 53 around Bendigo. So if he leads and runs, Just Believe is, is no certainty. But the way Just Believe is racing since he's come back from Sweden, I would not put anything beyond him. He's the most dominant trotter I've seen in Australia for many years now. Um, I didn't think it was possible for him to improve after Sweden, but he's come back a totally different horse. Um and he just looks invincible. Uh, but at the same pro- time in the heat, I don't want to take the price just because of the draw. $6 RC Phoenix. Chris Sinatio telling me he wants to lead and win, and the heat's the only thing he's really worried about. It looks pretty good to me. Thank you, Matty. Thanks, Todd. See you, mate. A break, and we'll wrap it up the other side.